Welcome to the Legal One podcast, brought to you by Legal One, the leader in school law training in the state of New Jersey. Legal One is part of the NJPSA and FEA family, so we are thrilled to be offering this podcast to you as a way to help you gain a greater understanding of critical legal issues. We want to provide you with convenient, easy access to essential information. Each episode is 30 minutes or less, so it provides a timely way for you to get information. In each episode, we're going to be reviewing critical legal principles based on case law, statute, regulation, or other key guidance. We'll talk about why that issue matters today and how the law has evolved. We'll talk about key steps in working with parents and other critical stakeholders to positively address the issues in question. And we'll give you more information. We'll give you resources so that you can access online courses and other events and know how to get a greater level of understanding of these issues. So let's get started. And thank you so much for joining us for the Legal One podcast. Welcome to the Legal One podcast. Today's episode is part of a 12-part series highlighting major U.S. and New Jersey Supreme Court decisions, why they are relevant today, and how the law has evolved since that decision. Today we are discussing government employee First Amendment rights in light of major U.S. Supreme Court decision, Pickering versus Board of Education. Pickering is the seminal case on government employee First Amendment rights nationally. Any matter involving government employee First Amendment rights, regardless of the state from which it emanates, begins with a discussion of Pickering. Today, I have with me special guest, Robert Achera, Director of Member and Board Services, NJPTA. Welcome, Rob. Thank you, Sandra. And thank you so much to New Jersey PSA and Legal One for continuing with this partnership with New Jersey PTA. We are so excited to be part of this and continuing through the partnership with the rest of the podcasts. The Pickering versus Board of Education case was decided by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1968. The facts of the case are, back in 1964, Marvin Pickering, a teacher in an Illinois public school, was fired after writing a letter to his local paper criticizing how the school district had utilized financial resources. Mr. Pickering disagreed how this school had spent money in the past and how it had planned to spend money, and so he wrote a letter to his local paper criticizing what he thought was being done and what he thought should have been done. When the district found out about this letter, they then fired him. He appealed this decision to terminate his employment. When the appeal was lost, Mr. Pickering filed a lawsuit claiming a violation of his First Amendment rights. That lawsuit ultimately became this landmark decision that is utilized everywhere when analyzing government employees' speech. Ultimately, the U.S. Supreme Court found in favor of Mr. Pickering and determined that the school district had in fact violated his First Amendment rights. The analysis of the case, though, provides an in-depth discussion as to what a government employee may or may not say. And so it provides what we now call the Pickering balancing test. So these questions are asked when you're analyzing speech by a government employee. And a public school employee is a government employee. So the first question to ask is, did this statement concern a matter of general public concern? Things like a teacher disliking their class assignment or where they are in the building or disagreeing with an evaluation are not matters of general public concern. Those are personal private matters. It matters to them individually, but it is not a general public concern. And do understand, I'm not saying that they don't have recourse or they don't have somewhere to complain to. They're supposed to follow the proper chain of command. They can go to their union rep, they can go to their supervisor, they can go to the administrator that supervises them. However, they are not supposed to vent about it publicly. The next question is, 
was the employee speaking as a private citizen or during the course of his duties? So when the employee is in the brick and mortar of the school or obviously doing something for the school, coaching a team or doing something with the drama club or the marching band or the band director or the drama club director, they are a district employee. So what they say or do is covered as a school district employee. They are doing something in the course and scope of their duties. Later case law went on to clarify that statements by public employees made pursuant to their employment have no First Amendment protection. The part where this gets a little difficult to figure out is when you're deciding whether something is public or private when you're dealing with social media. A number of people will put on their social media accounts that they are a principal at such and such a school or they're a teacher at this school. And so it is arguable that when they have identified themselves as an employee at a particular district, it is arguable that whatever they say on their particular site may be attributed to the school district. However, those types of situations would be analyzed on a case-by-case -case basis. There is not a black and white decision one way or the other. It's something that you'll have to look at the totality of the circumstances and see what the ultimate result would be. Then the third question becomes, was the statement likely to disrupt a close working relationship? And if the answer to this question is yes, then it's something that the public school teacher cannot say. So even if they win on the first two questions, what they're talking about is a matter of public concern and they're speaking as a private citizen, if whatever they said or did causes a disruption in the school district, they still can be forbidden from saying it or possibly even disciplined by the school district for what they said or did. The US Supreme Court took the analysis a little further and asked the following specific questions. Does the speech interfere with the employee's daily duties in the classroom? As an example, did the teacher post something online that became widely publicized and now kids are afraid to come in their classroom? Or did the teacher say something or make a comment that's inappropriate or that is divisive? And now kids are afraid to be in their classroom or there's a problem with them being able to run the classroom. That could cause a problem. Does the speech interfere with the regular operation of the schools generally? Or does the speech interfere with the working relationship between the speaker and the person or institution at whom the criticism is directed? So the teacher or the staff member shouldn't be criticizing the district publicly. If they have problems with the district, they should be working from within the system. They should be working internally. Now, I am not saying to sweep the problems under the rug or pretend that they don't exist or not take care of issues. But as I mentioned earlier, there's a chain of command. And if the chain of command doesn't work, there are legal processes to go through to deal with particular types of situations, whether it's OSHA or retaining private counsel or something along those lines. But venting about it on a social media site won't solve the problem and generally makes things worse for the staff member because it could lead to other disciplinary actions occurring from the school district. Then there are other comments in the analysis by the US Supreme Court in the Pickering case. And they have said that a teacher cannot speak in a manner that is reckless and disregards the truth. So they can't lie, they can't make stuff up. There have been teachers that have gotten in trouble for putting anti 9-11 conspiracy theory posts on websites or saying that the Holocaust never happened or things along those lines. A teacher cannot speak in a manner that creates disharmonious relations in the workplace or that undermines the immediate supervisor's discipline over the employee. To take the legalese out of it, I like to say this is the you can't bash your boss online statement from the Supreme Court. If you're unhappy with your review, there are proper channels to go through to complain about it or to do something about it. 
but you're not supposed to vent about this publicly. You're supposed to take care of it at the workplace. Finally, a teacher cannot speak in a manner that compromises the loyalty and confidence required of close working employees. Again, to take the legalese out of this statement, if a staff member only knows something because they work for the district, then they can only talk about it with district employees. This is a particular problem for employees that live in the town where they work. A lot of times this falls to say your custodians, your secretaries, your clerks, your teachers' aides, sometimes your teachers and your administrators as well. But in addition to working at the district, they have their own kids. And so they're going to the town softball games and they have neighbors and things along those lines. And there becomes a problem because many times they will have friends, neighbors, relatives say, hey, be my eyes and ears in the school. Keep an eye out. You know, if my kid gets into the principal's office, give me a heads up. Well, legally, they can't do that. They're violating FERPA, which are student protection rights, but they could also get in trouble because they don't have a First Amendment right to say those things either. So if you have asked someone who works for a district to be the eyes and ears for you or to let you in on stuff that's going on at the school, you're asking them to potentially put their job on the line or that saying something that might get them in trouble. There is a protocol to follow. There are certain steps that are supposed to be followed. So if they only know about it because they work for the district, they're only supposed to talk about it there. Now go back to the Pickering case. Mr. Pickering had found out about things because they were public knowledge. He didn't only know about it because he worked for the district. He lived in the town. So he had heard about things through other channels. So if the staff member lives in the town and goes to the town meetings and finds out other things, or parents just readily tell them stuff at the softball games or things like that, they may know them. But you have a lot of situations where staff members will know things because they've read a child's IEP or they'll know things because they've read the child's disciplinary record, or they've read their health records, or they know their attendance records, or they know things about the child's family. All those things are supposed to stay within the school district. They can't be talked about publicly or with someone who doesn't have a right to know that information. So from the student's perspective, it's protected by FERPA, but there's also not a First Amendment defense to talking about it because Pickering would not allow it because that would compromise the loyalty and confidence required of close working employees. We can only share this information with the employees because we know you won't talk about it outside of the confines of the school district. So with that analysis of the Pickering case, I'll bring in Rob to have a discussion. And I'll ask Rob, what do you think? If a parent or a student feels that a school district staff member has said something inappropriate during a class, what should they do? How should they work together? Thank you. As Sandra said many times while she was going through the case, there is a set up chain of command in almost every school district in the state of New Jersey. Many times now, the chain of command is posted in either a parent handbook or the student handbook, depending on what the school publishes. So it's important to follow the lead with that and make sure you're not going straight to the top sometimes. Sometimes someone may hear something that may be hearsay or they hear something that someone else told them and their immediate thought is go to the Board of Education or go to the superintendent. It's always important we tell our parents and our members that go to the teacher first, talk to the teacher, ask the teacher what happened and they just have been a misunderstanding. And then once you go to the teacher and you may be comfortable with what she said or he said or not, then you can go to the next level, maybe there supervisor or the principal, however the chain of command is set up. But it's important because it, it's unique with people that work in schools. Parents are giving their students the most important things in most of their lives to the school for seven and a half hours a day. So when they hear something about their child, sometimes they may blow up or go crazy. But we don't want any situations to escalate where it's going to cause more issues or more drama than a simple misunderstanding that may happen. And, and just to help clarify too is 
to understand the protocol and, and that chain of command we keep talking about, the Board of Ed member can't talk to the teacher, just so you understand how this all works. They would go to the superintendent, the superintendent would then go to the administrator, and then the administrator would then go to the teacher. So to avoid a whole bunch of steps in between, if you go to the teacher to begin with, and then if you don't get satisfaction or, or a satisfactory result, then go the next level up. You're saving yourself a lot of time, quite frankly, of getting a resolution of the problem, and it might work out better in the long run. What if a parent or student feels that a district staff member has posted or said something inappropriate outside of school? What do you think the parent should do? In most cases, you'd probably just want to follow the same steps. However, I think, in, you know, thinking of different examples that could happen, there may be some changes along the way, especially if they're posting something. Maybe that's the time when you may consider still emailing the teacher first, but also maybe CCing their supervisor from the get-go because you know this is not a misunderstanding if it's something that you saw on social media or you saw now with a lot of virtual learning, you know, in the, in the stream on Google or however the schools are handling online learning. So that may be the time where you still want to go to the teacher and give the teacher the respect that they deserve as the teacher of your child's class. But that might be the time where you wouldn't want to first include their supervisor to maybe speed things along a little bit. But when it goes to the other side of if they said something, you want to make sure, just like the first question, it's something they actually said. So you may want to check with them. If you didn't hear it directly and someone's telling you this knowledge, you know, give the teacher the respect, go to them first, and then continue up the chain if you would like further clarification or further guidance to help the situation. How do you think parents should interact with the school district staff members? And specifically, I'm talking about where I've heard discussions in other groups where sometimes parents online will say really, really horrible things about people in school districts. And putting aside the issue of whether someone is a good teacher or a bad teacher or something along those lines, but they'll use vile language, they'll use not nice language, they'll, they'll say things that are just not pleasant. What are your thoughts about that? What, what do you think would be recommendations for better interactions? And what are your thoughts in general about parents venting or going off on school district staff members on social media? I know that any of us that are on social media or just you know reading the news sometimes, seeing things that are posted on social media, we see that a lot of times some crazy things are posted and you may be sitting back at your computer screen or your phone screen and seeing that and saying, how could that person have written that? And I'm not even talking about anything with this. It could be any topic across the sun. But especially with this topic, parents, like I said with the first question, when they hear something that happens to their child, their first reaction or their first thought to react is probably blow up or to solve the problem immediately. But a lot of times you, you need to remember the way you're going to handle the situation. Is it going to be productive for the situation that's occurring now? And if it's going to be productive for your situations down the road? If the issue is occurring very early on in the school environment, you know, it's a K through five school and they're in first grade, they're going to be four more years in the school working with these same teachers in the school and the same administration in the school. And that's not to say that parents should hold back or not ask questions or not try to get to the answer, but they need to remember that before I worked at New Jersey PTA, I worked in a school and I just... I just remember seeing things online or other teachers talking about it. Teachers talk and administrators talk. They necessarily shouldn't, obviously, from that side, but they do. And not that you want to be dubbed, you know, that parent, but it gives a bad thought for a lot of teachers when, you know, say they get your child in the next year and you're not that kind of person completely and you would never do that. But because it was your child, you took so much, you took your passion into it to work through it. And you don't want to put yourself on a track where 
you're going to be remembered like that. Or teachers may be scared in the future to address you on things because of the way you reacted with that situation. And a lot of times you have to remember that teachers and anyone working in the school, paraprofessionals, people working in the cafeteria or off the secretarial staff in the office, a lot of times they work in the town, especially, you know, I worked in a small town school and almost, I think half of the staff members lived and grew up in the town and have kids either in the school or graduated through the school. So they know a lot of people in town. And a lot of times parents think, oh, you know, they work in the school. Let me see what they think. Or how do they feel about the new principal? Or how do they feel about this teacher? And you really shouldn't do that. Everyone working in the school is bound by, you know, it's their job and they're bound by the rules that are set up through their contracts and how their union is set up to not discuss specific issues with other parents. So make sure you're giving them the respect on not having to choose, you know, between maybe a friendship or an acquaintance and their job because teachers and school staff could get in a lot of trouble for addressing something, especially of this caliber. It should be noted as well, too, that when things are posted online and someone complains, this is the worst teacher that's ever tried to teach a math class or something like that. As you can see from the Pickering case, the teachers can't fight back. They can't post responses or they can't give their side of the story online. They're not allowed to. But what might end up happening is that when this particular person is now going to have any further conferences or phone calls, there's now going to be a supervisor sitting in on all those meetings because they don't want to leave the teacher alone with someone who has publicly bashed them or publicly said things to them. And while there is passion, and understandably so, when you want to advocate for your children and making sure they're getting what they need and what they deserve, if whatever is said rises to the level of harassment or threats, it may involve the police as well. There have been instances where things have been posted online and under the district's memorandum of agreement, the local police have been brought in where that parent has been looked into for what they've said and what they've posted online. It's not something that happens all the time by any means, but you have to be careful with your words. Words do matter and anything that's deemed to be a threat is taken very seriously. So you must be very, very careful with that type of thing and what you may post out there. So with that, I would say, Rob, do you have any final thoughts before we sign off on this particular podcast? Just add on to that a little bit. Yeah, you got to be careful with what you say. And a lot of times, a lot of these situations, regardless if it's something someone said, something posted, or something that even happened in the classroom, things could be solved a lot faster and a lot more efficient if you're following these things like we talked about today and not you know, going crazy on Facebook, tweeting about the teacher, starting to talk about everyone else instead of going right to the source. When we're not going right to the source or we're not directing our questions or our comments to the people they need to be directed to, it could take a situation that could have been dealt with in a couple minutes through an email exchange to many, many more people knowing about it, many, many more people needing to get involved in it that wouldn't necessarily need to if we just, like we keep saying, follow the chain of command and work with the people that you need to work with. Well, I want to thank you, Rob, for being with me here today to have this discussion. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Yes, thank you so much for having me and having our other members of New Jersey PTA on these podcasts. And we hope that all of our listeners are learning a lot. And if you have any questions from the parent side, feel free. Our website is njpta.org and our office number is on there and you can contact us at any time. If you would like more information about Legal One, you can visit our website at njpsa.org and then go to the Legal One section. You can find more information about our other podcasts as well as webinars and other workshops. You'll also find information about all these speakers there and you can contact us if you would like. 
I look forward to talking with you the next time we do a podcast. So have a great day and be well. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like more information on the topics we covered, a full list of episodes, or a preview of upcoming topics, please visit our website at www.njpsa.org legal1nj.